0: What's up, my loves? Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy and Happy Podcast. I hope you are doing so well as you're listening to this episode. And if you're not feeling too hot, if you're not feeling great right now, that's okay too. Give yourself space to feel what you need to feel. And hopefully this podcast will sprinkle a little bit of love and light and inspiration into your life. Today, I wanted to address a common question I get from both my clients and people I talk to in general. And the question is this what do i do if i fall off track now the first thing you want to consider is what does on track mean to you in the first place and is your definition of on track actually realistic and viable for the long term so if you break it down and you discover that your version of on track is some semblance of perfection so I'm never eating carbs again, I'm never eating fat again, I'm gonna be keto, I'm gonna be strict with this meal plan for the rest of my life. Understand that it is 100% inevitable that you are going to fall off track, and the more strict whatever nutrition protocol you're following is, the harder it will be to stay on track, and if you do fall off track, which I said is inevitable, it's going to be so much harder to get back on track. So number one, identifying what you're on track is and making sure that that's actually a realistic, sustainable goal that you can do long-term. We're going to talk about this in the context of nutrition in this episode, but this can truly apply to any goal let's set some clear expectations right off the bat. You're human, you're a human being, you have emotions. You are not perfect, you are going to experience failure at some point, if not many points along your journey. You're going to fall off track. And I don't know about you, but that offers me a lot of peace and comfort, knowing that I don't have to be perfect, I don't have to strive for perfection. I can be realistic about what it is that I can accomplish. And if I do fall off track, I don't feel like a POS, because I did, because I'm a human being. Failure is not a reflection of who you are as a person, and you should not feel defeated if you go off track. Instead, use it as a stepping stone to reach a new level of success and learn more about yourself. It's not failure that defines you, it's how you follow it up. I personally cannot tell you how many times I have fallen off track in my journey to develop a healthier relationship with food in my body. The number is way more than I can count. I've been at this for years and years and years. And I truly believe it's a lifelong journey. So inevitably, I'm going to fall off track or fail at some point along the way. But those moments when I have failed are the moments that I learn the most about myself. For example, when I was struggling with overeating and I started to really put in the effort to become more self-aware about why I was making the food choices I was, why I was overeating, anytime I would overeat, I would use it as an opportunity for self-reflection. I would ask myself, why did I overeat? What led to that decision? As opposed to the months and years before that when I would just be like, oh, you overate, you're a piece of crap, I can't believe you would do that, how could you do that to yourself, you're just worthless, and all these lies that I would tell myself... I started to turn that into a form of self-discovery. And I would say, okay, you overate last night. That wasn't a choice that made you feel great. So what led to that choice? How can you learn more about yourself through that choice? And some of the common reasons I found was that, A, I didn't eat enough during the day. If you struggle with overeating at night, Check out how much you're eating during the day. That is a huge reason people tend to overeat. And B, I was going through a lot of emotional stuff, and I didn't have the tools to self-regulate without using food as my drug of choice. Once I was able to get radically honest and transparent with myself about the reasons I was overeating, I no longer looked at my overeating episodes as failures, but rather opportunities to learn more about myself. At the time when I was trying to stop overeating, I remember making a promise to myself that no matter how many times I overate, I would refrain from doing anything extreme afterwards. That was revolutionary in my relationship with food and my body because for years before that, I would spend countless hours in the gym trying to make up for what I ate. I would restrict my food and I would be in this constant cycle of restriction and binging and restriction and binging. So I made that promise to myself that no matter how many times I overate, I did not need to make up for what I ate. When I was treating my body and myself with more respect, in those moments when I would overeat, I would be so tempted still to wake up in the morning and go back to my restrictive ways of Spending hours in the gym, or I would try to skip meals. But every time I chose to eat breakfast anyway, or I would choose not to spend hours in the gym after going off track, it was like putting a deposit into my self-trust bank account, which is what I talk a lot about in my book, Healthy and Happy, Find Food Freedom and Create the Body You Love. And when my feelings of guilt would overcome me, I would make it a priority to write down five things I love about myself instead of spending the whole day going down a self-hatred spiral about all the reasons that I messed up, that I was worthless, that I didn't matter, that nothing I did was working. And instead of sitting in that loathing and self-pity, I tried to use that as an opportunity to learn how to love myself even more because I knew that if I could learn how to love myself at my lowest, then it was going to be so much easier to learn how to love myself when I felt good. So when we're talking about a self-trust bank account, think of it like a bank account that you can either make deposits in or you can take withdrawals from. Ways to add to your self-trust bank account, number one, following an action with a choice of self-love. In the example I was giving before, that would look like not restricting your food or over-exercising after a period of overeating. Number two, writing down things you love about yourself. Instead of indulging in the self-hatred, write down a couple things you love about yourself. Number three, speaking kindly about yourself and others. We tend to judge others more harshly when we don't feel good about ourselves. So if you find yourself right now being very judgmental and critical of other people, take a look in the mirror and see if that's coming from a place of insecurity within you. And number four, living in self-integrity, which means following through with what you say you're going to do. I talk about this all the time, but the best way to build your self-confidence is to create self-trust. And how do we create self-trust? by saying we're going to do something and following through with it. Now, let's talk about some things that take away from your self-trust bank account. So these are the withdrawals. Every time you dip into your bank account when you don't have money to spend, you go into the negative. Think of it this way. Number one, not following through on something you say you're going to do. So you say you're going to wake up, make your bed in the morning, and then go to the gym and you snooze your alarm. That is a withdrawal from your bank account because you said you were going to do something and you didn't do it. Number two, stewing in self-pity or shame about a choice you've made. So this goes back to the self-hatred, self-loathing, which we're so accustomed to after we make a quote, wrong choice. Let's say we end up overeating, and instead of using that as an opportunity for self-reflection, to learn more about ourselves, to learn how we can do better next time, we're stewing in shame about ourselves. And number three, speaking negatively about yourself or others. Just like I said before, we tend to be the most critical of ourselves and other people when we feel deeply insecure about our particular part of our body or something about ourselves. And so really take a deep look at yourself. Hold up a mirror to yourself and say, why am I judging others or myself so harshly right now? Where is that coming from? I'm going to quote the love of my life, not my husband. It's actually James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits. (laughs) You guys know I love this book so much. I talk about it all the time, probably more than my own book. But he says this, Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your identity. So let's talk about specific examples here. Let's say you do fall off track as it relates to your nutrition. You're trying to develop a healthier relationship with food and your body, and you find yourself tempted to slip back into your old negative thought patterns or habits, such as jumping back on a restrictive diet or indulging in self-loathing and feeling really sorry for yourself and feeling like you're never going to be good enough. Let's talk about a few practices you can do immediately to refocus, reframe, and get back on track. So let's talk about something very tangible. Number one, if you overeat, let's reinforce this idea that just because you overeat doesn't mean you need to make up for what you ate. It doesn't mean that you need to skip meals or be super restrictive. Just focus on making your next meal, one that nourishes your body, one that contains a lot of protein, some carbohydrates, some healthy fats. Even if you overeat at breakfast or lunch, please don't skip dinner. And if you overeat the night before, please do not skip breakfast. Eat a normal portion of a delicious GPF meal. We talk about GPF all the time. You can find it in my book or on this podcast. And here's the reason why we do that. Having a healthy meal reinforces the fact that you're safe. Nothing has gone wrong. You are not a terrible person. And you're still okay to nourish your body with the food it needs. What you want to avoid is anything restrictive, such as spending hours in the gym, skipping meals, or eating a limited amount of food. The next thing I'm going to say is probably one of the most important things you will ever hear on this podcast. You ready? Get out a pen, get out a pencil, get out a tattoo gun, and tattoo this onto your forehead, girlfriend. You do not ever need to make up for what you ate. Ever. You do not need to make up for what you ate, ever. One more time. You do not need to make up for what you ate, ever. Are we clear? I should tattoo that on my forehead. I should put it on a shirt. I should do something. But I hope if you take anything away from listening to this podcast, it is that message. You do not need to make up for what you ate, ever, 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 ever. Okay, good. We got that. We can move on. The next piece of advice I have if you fall off track is not coming from a place of restriction or beating yourself up, but it is to move your body. Now, don't get it twisted, sister. I'm not talking spending hours in the gym to make up for what you ate. We already talked about that. What I am saying is using movement as medicine, using movement as a way to get out of your mind, get grounded, and get back into your body. Our bodies are made to move around. So when you're feeling anxious, depressed, stagnant, you're overanalyzing things, it can help so much to get up and move some of that energy around. So like I said, it doesn't have to be hours in the gym. You can simply go for a walk, spend time outside, have a dance party in your house. All of these things will change your state, as Tony Robbins says, and make it easier to get out of a negative headspace. Dance around with your pet, dance around with your child, dance around with your partner, dance around with your damn self. It's very, very hard to frown while dancing. Try it out. Let me know how that goes for you. But move your body. Get out of your head. Get back into your body. Get grounded. Start to feel again. And if that brings up emotion, that's okay too. Number three, drink water. Our bodies love feeling hydrated. I know we hear this tip all the time. It's like, okay, I know I need to drink more water. But truly, Drinking water is never a bad idea. It's always going to be a positive practice in your life. Hydration ensures all the systems in our bodies are functioning properly and can help move waste through our bodies So if you did overeat trust me, I know how that feels you can feel bloated and sluggish and tired One of the best things you can do is drink water Like I said, it'll help move waste through but it'll also help you gain more mental clarity more energy Help to reduce that brain fog you might be feeling and just put you overall in a better space physically and mentally And last but not least Actually, this is probably one of the most important ones. Forgive yourself and accept what is. I talked recently in a podcast episode about the main source of our unhappiness is resisting what is. Here's the fact in this situation. You overate. It is what it is. It happened. There's nothing you can do to change the past. All we can do is use it as a tool for self-discovery and move on. We do not need to hang on to that guilt and shame. Nothing is wrong with you. Nothing has gone wrong. You are not a failure. Even if you made a choice that you are unhappy with, you can always choose again. Do not make falling off track or overeating or anything out of alignment with who you see yourself as, this beautiful, wonderful, perfect version of you. Doing something not in alignment with that ideal version of yourself does not mean anything about you as a person. You can simply use that as an opportunity to learn. Brene Brown, my baby girl, love her so much, eloquently describes that shame and guilt cannot exist when we speak them aloud. So you can talk to someone about it, you can confide in somebody you trust, and you do what you need to do in order to work through it. But just because you made a choice that wasn't in alignment with your highest self and what you envision your best self to be doing does not make you a bad person. At the end of the day, here's what's important. Keep focusing on the actions that will put deposits into your self-trust bank account. There will be times... You will live out of alignment with what you truly want because you are a human being. But as long as you course correct, you use that as an opportunity to reflect, learn more about yourself, and consider how you can make a better choice next time, and offer yourself grace and self-compassion, you will ultimately be successful in whatever it is that you're setting out to achieve. I hope you found this helpful. If you did, please share it on Instagram and tag me at Healthy Happy Podcast. And if you found this message helpful today, you can find this lesson and many more in my book, Healthy and Happy, Find Food Freedom and Create the Body You Love. Go to juliebuer.com slash book. That will have all the links to Amazon US, Amazon Canada, Barnes & Noble, Indigo, and all major retailers where you can purchase the book. And if you've already read the book and you're enjoying it, please leave a review on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever tickles your fancy, because that would be so helpful and it will help get the word out about this book, which will change the life of anybody who's struggling with food and body image issues. So let's spread the love. Let's spread the message together. Share the book on Instagram. Share this podcast on Instagram. Send me a DM. I would love to give you a big old hug for listening to this podcast and cheers to creating a body and life we love. I love you so much. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, do me a favor. If you like this episode, please head to iTunes and leave a review so more people can find the podcast. Be sure to tag me on your Instagram story so I can show you some love for listening. See you soon.